0: My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 732. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding and always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being, is in fact a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we're going to talk about a a few mantras that Kathy uses. A few. Um, I am going to... I don't really have. So, Kathy has this meditation area, and there's just about 465 sticky notes, like little post it notes, and you got like words scribbled on every one of them. I don't have that. I have a vision board that has been, let's just say it's been stale.
1: It's been sitting there a while. But, you know, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, I like the word mantras. I'm fine with it because obviously we use that, but it's also just quotes
0: that help you. All right. We'll call it quotes. Yeah. Quotes that help you. The quotes. And then, uh, so I'm just going to, Kathy's like, can you come up with a few quotes or mantras? I'm like, oh, you know, first thing I thought of like, okay, just breathe. And that's not very inspirational. Yeah. Let me do a little sound (laughs) effect there. Uh, uh, not that, not
1: that it's wrong. It's just who hasn't heard that? <laughs>
0: okay. That's a snoozer. So um, when I, my vision board it happened as a result of me reading, i actually taking like a eight-section course with Michael Singer, who wrote The Untethered Soul. And it's really uh, that book and that course that I took really hit home for me. And it is something I do go to. Um, so maybe I'll just share a little bit about that. But first... Um, we have this uh, Zen Parenting in-person event coming up in January, um, and we're focusing on teens, so pre-teens, teens, even young adults. Young adults. Um, but you know, back in the '80s and '70s, when we were growing up, you know, the things we were most worried about were drunk driving, pregnancy, and illicit drugs. These days, it's a little more complicated to be a kid. I don't know if you figured that out yet, sweetie. Have sure. you figured that out? Yeah. So some of the things we're going to address at this in-person two-day event in Oak Brook Hills, Oak Brook, Illinois, anxiety, depression, suicide, self-harm, cyberbullying, but we're also going to have it be inspirational and uplifting and everything. Um, This is our sixth go-round.
1: You didn't even say everything. Eating disorders, neurodiversity, Technology. I mean, we're trying to cover a lot of bases. There's no way yeah. we can cover every base of what teenagers are, are dealing with. The whole point is just to open up these conversations. You don't have to show up or leave knowing everything. It's it's about the ability to have a conversation and ask questions. To your yeah. team, like to be able to communicate. So don't feel as if, you know, it feels like too much pressure to show up or it no. feels like too much pressure to take it all home. It's just the ability to engage. And it's never about having all the answers. It's just about the ability, the ability to participate.
0: Well, when I was thinking about this, um, it's 350 bucks uh-huh. to attend if you want to do the Shafali thing. So we usually don't reveal the speakers, but one of our keynotes is Dr. Shafali. Uh, it's an extra fifty bucks. So it's four hundred bucks.
1: So what he means by that is it's three hundred and fifty dollars for the conference. Yeah. There on Friday night there is a deep dive, like an extra hour, and cause Shafali's coming in on Friday. And so if you want to do that as well, that's that's fifty dollars.
0: And I thought about it like, you know, as somebody who is nicknamed is Thrifty McSaves Saves a lot, that sounds that's like you. um an investment, but that's all it is, is an investment. Even if somebody got like three good ideas out of this two day event and implemented them to put you you and your family in a position to uh, be healthier, be more impactful in the world, I think it's a really good investment of time and money. You
1: know what I remember from all the because this is our sixth or seventh conference that we've had, is that what kids tend to say, teens or otherwise, to their parents when they know they're going is like, what would you guys talk about? What would you learn? And it creates a conversation right away. Mm-hmm. To be able to say to your teens, you know, I'm going to this conference, and they may be like, well, you know, they may not have big thoughts about it, but the fact that you are telling them that you're investing and in learning more about their generation um, that's really what we're doing. Yeah. Let's learn more about these kids. Let's find a community and I just feel like kids really appreciate that. Yeah. I think that they may not show you as much no, that they appreciate. They, they may it, not say it, but they, I think it'll they do.
0: I know my girls do. So, um, and we're going to talk about teams Zen maybe middle of the show, or maybe towards the end. But let's get into the quotes. Okay, let's just jump in with both feet.
1: So I wanted to do this because I feel like you know, if you listened to last week's show that we had with Dr. Solomon, um, you know, it's the last couple months have been just a lot of like you know, like taking deep breaths because my kids left for college and for my other daughter left for Italy. And, you know, we're starting a new year. My third daughter just got her license. Just everything's changing, you know. Um, And I've just not been able to like stop and breathe. And so for the last week or so, I've been really trying to be like, okay, I need to get grounded. Like, I'm I'm aware now that I'm like running really fast, going nowhere, you know. Um, and so I was going back to, you know, I don't know about you people who are listening. But, you know, sometimes I get emails from places that I've like subscribed to their newsletters. And a lot of times I just like, don't look at it. You know, I just am like, whatever. But lately I've been really reading yeah, things that people time. have been sending me because I've been appreciating quotes. I've been feeling like I'm in that open, raw space to take it in. So the first one that I want to share is something that I put up on my, like Todd said, I have this meditation area and I've just got, a, I mean, a million quotes of it up there. We, we really couldn't get through them all, but I was just kind of looking at them before I came down and what is most meaningful to me. And one of them that always puts me in like a good space is I wrote, and these are not necessarily quotes from other people. Sometimes there are things that I wrote down, Mm. like that, that came, when I say came to me, I don't mean like it's a mystical thing. I just mean, it showed up in your brain. It showed up in my mind. And one day I just wrote down a day feeling good is an extra special day. Mm. Enjoy. And why I wrote that is, and I still get migraines, by the way, I had a headache this morning, but they're much less because now I have kind of a something I'm, you know, working with a neurologist, so I'm much better. But I used to feel not good a lot of the time. So if I had a day where I was like, I don't have a headache, I had to be like, dude, this is the best day ever. And, And I didn't even have to convince myself. It just was. And I didn't care what I was doing or how much I got done. I could sit and stare at a tree all day. I was just like, this is what it feels like to feel good. So for those of you who are listening who deal with chronic pain or maybe chronic grief or you know, whatever it may be, you know, depression or, or just something that you're struggling with when you have a day where you're not struggling with that. I think just having a reminder where if you're feeling actually pretty good today to not step over that too fast, to like really have a moment of like, wow, this feels really great. And, you know, I just, I think that that's one that really puts me it really grounds me.
0: You know what? I, I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but it reminds me of, I was listening to Thich Not Han talk on YouTube or something. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about when, you know, how we and I, I've shared this before, but it's been years. When we have a cold, like the one nostril yeah. is mm-hmm. clogged. Mm-hmm. And the minute that it opens up, yeah. it's like euphoria. Like, oh my gosh. I know. I can breathe. I can breathe. And most of the time I'm walking around without clogged nostrils. I know. So, like, it's so weird how I can be so euphoric the moment that the one nasal passage opens up. And then I get used to being able to breathe in and out without any discomfort. So I don't appreciate it.
1: Yeah. And so let's, let's talk about that just for one minute, because sometimes it ends up being a guilt trip, right? Like, wow, yeah. I don't appreciate anything I have. That's not the way our brain works. Our brain is always looking for a problem. So when things are kind of status quo or when we're breathing through both sides of our nose, we don't focus on it because we don't need to. Our brain is like a processing machine and looking for bugs in the system, right? So if something is working, we don't put a lot of attention toward it. That's what mindfulness and quotes and mantras and meditation and journaling is about, is taking a moment to notice things because our brain won't do that on its own. Like my college students are always really questioning about why I have them do gratitude journaling, you know, the mindfulness stuff we do. And I try to explain it to them neurobiologically. If you don't make this a plan, if you don't spend time focusing and noticing on what's working, your brain, and again, there's different people, so I don't wanna say nobody does, but your brain doesn't do it naturally. Mm -hmm. You have to make it a part of your day. Yeah. So, oh. so so, Todd, I just mean, I know you don't feel guilty about it, but sometimes no, I, I... think
0: we can very easily be like, yeah, yeah beat ourselves up. Right. So it's the inner critic. It's funny. I, I When I press record, I'm like, I'm just going to talk about these quotes that are on my little vision board. Uh-huh. But instead, I think I'm going to go around and talk about the pictures that are on the vision board.
1: Okay, let's do that. You, um, go to, you do one now. Kind of the now.
0: anchor. The thing that... I don't know how big this vision board is. Three foot squared, let's say. And the biggest thing I have on the entire vision board is a photograph that I pulled off of Google. It's not a photograph. It's a cartoon of Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. And it's my favorite. um, Actually, I'm sorry, but I gave it to you. You did? Is it the one of where
1: he's... That one.
0: No, I didn't give that one to you.
1: I thought you meant the one that I got framed. Yeah, that's even better. Maybe I'll talk
0: about that one. Okay. I think I have that somewhere else. Where is that? That's That's,
1: my, I think that's you times 10.
0: Oh, for sure. But anyway, so um, Calvin, I think my brother introduced me to Calvin and Hobbes back when I was like 10 years old or whatever. And I'm like, what's the deal with this? And I was like, oh, it's this kid and his pet tiger. Tiger. Uh, and he explains, like, but when the parents are in the house or or nearby, he goes dead or limp or oh, inan- that's such a strong word. inanimate. Like he becomes a stuffed animal. Thank again. you, stuffed yeah. animal. He goes dead. He goes dead. <laughs> and then the minute the the anybody bails, Cal uh, Hobbes springs to life. Right. And Calvin and him have this like just friendship, and they fight a lot, and they disagree, and they appreciate nature, and they go on these rides down hills when it's snowing and wagons down hills, appreciating nature. And it's just a reminder for me as I am in right smack dab in the middle of my middle age, I think, um, to never forget uh, the joy of life. Right. And being And your imagination. Imagination, yeah. youthfulness, playfulness. And the inner... The inner
1: people that we have, you know, you and I, you know, talk a lot about, it in, well, we, I don't know if we do on the show, but in life we talk about inner fam, um, internal family systems a lot and all the different, you know, parts of us, you know, all the different pieces yeah. of us. And sometimes we call it inner child work. There's many names for yeah. understanding all of our parts. But the, you know, the thing about Hobbes is it's just a piece of Calvin. Mm-hmm. It's just a friend. It's an imaginary friend. Sweetie, back up. I know, but it is real. It is real. It's just like, I, I... Honestly, you're talking to someone who, when you're not around, sometimes my stuffed monkey that lives in our room sleeps in bed with me. I believe my monkey, my monkey is a part of me that keeps me safe. And it is something from childhood. I have no, I don't care what language you use, but it is our imagination and making sure those parts of ourselves stay alive.
0: Maybe we should back up and say, what is it that your quotes and your mantras do for you and why do like what's the point of all this and for me it's a moment of reflection it's mm-hmm. a it's an it's an invitation to pause and get out of my day-to-day rat race in my head yeah um so but but what do i have it for why why how does it serve me i think the answer is it brings me presence okay for a bit um it reminds me of things that i so easily forget mm-hmm. so um, that's what that does for me. What do what do the quotes do for you? Like I'm well, trying to say, like if somebody's listening to this, why do they want to do?
1: Why this? do they do this? Yeah. So I started doing this a long time ago, um, only because I had to figure out who I was. Because I feel like from starting at a young age, just like everybody, this is um, very common. You you have people tell you who you are, or what's most important, or society or cultural demands that you you just buy into. And when I started to, when you know. I was like, I don't know who I am in this. What do I believe? And so, and, and it's had its own iterations, but I started at an early age, whatever quote spoke to me that had a strong resonance, I knew that that belonged to me. Mm-hmm. That was something that woke me up to who I was. So over time, and and like you said, you know how you started with Just Breathe, It early on, like in my teens or my 20s, it was just basic ones like that. Yeah. Like, oh, Just breathe, right. We need to breathe, you know. And then they start to get a little more complex where you start to recognize this is meaningful to me and I know this to be true. Because what is resonance? Resonance is I already knew this. This is what resonance is to me. I already knew this and now I'm reclaiming it. Mm -hmm. It's something that someone reminded me of. So whenever anyone – listens to our show or reads my book or anything. And they're like, oh my God, that part spoke to me. And it's because you already knew it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's something that woke you back up. So I think that's what quotes do. They wake me back up to myself. And I don't think that everybody um, loves the same quotes. I think it's very individual depending on what parts of yourself
0: needs it. Mm-hmm. Because it could be young parts, older parts, future parts. So before you offer your second uh, quote, uh, my invitation, my hope for the listener is if they have a vision board or a meditation area where they jot down quotes, just take a look at it. Like maybe spend a little extra attention than you otherwise would. And if you don't have one of those things, maybe this is your invitation to do it. So anyways. So I'll just read a few and then you just
1: tell me what is meaningful to you. I have so, I mean like there's so many, I, that's why I, you know, if I want to really help people or share some. So I have one that I love that just says enough is good enough. That's Hmm. just, that's just how I start a day. Like, And again, that word enough, what does that mean? I'm sometimes ironic with my quotes, or I don't know if that's the right word sometimes it's a playing with words, which is why I love Zen. You know, it's like a playing with language, but it, it, again, it resonates with me. Enough is good enough. Like I don't have to do more than enough and enough means something different every day.
0: Yeah. From, I I've used a version of that, but instead of saying enough is good enough, what I say is sometimes good enough is good enough. Right. And that's, I think it means basically the exact same thing, right?
1: Absolutely. I have another one that I go to all the time that says it's, It's not
0: what it feels like. Okay. What is that? Dig into that. Uh, To me,
1: that is like sometimes when I'm having a really strong experience with something I, I I call you guys listening. No, I call it my terror. It's this terrified feeling that I get. And what I tell myself is it feels terrifying, but what's happening is not what it feels like that. It gives me a reality check. Like, um, you know, the feeling I'm having, the terror that I'm having is a child part of myself that couldn't deal with something or didn't have the tools. So became terrified by something. But as I get older, I do have tools. I have you, I have friends, I have all these, abil- I'm an adult now. So when I feel terrified about something, I have to remind myself that it's not what it feels like. Yeah. It's different now.
0: Yeah. I like that.
1: Okay. Um, and then I'll just do one more and then we'll go back to you. Um, Let's see, this this one. How about this? Uh, Todd, this is hard. Why? Because there's so many. Okay, how about this one? Mm-hmm. Nothing is
0: always. Yikes! See now you're <laughs> starting to remind me of that Buddhist one a day calendar. I'm sorry,
1: I these uh, the the statement one day meant something to me where I was struggling with it'll always be like this. It'll, I'll always struggle with this. I'll never get through this because I could have said nothing is never. Mm-hmm. Always and never don't, they're not real. So nothing
0: is always. Does that make sense? <laughs> I think I know what you mean. It means everything's temporary, maybe? Yeah. And, and that when I say the word
1: always, it's not true. Oh, so nothing another, yeah, so is like, always.
0: So, like, um, Todd, you always leave the toilet seat up.
1: Nothing is, that's not true. That's
0: not true. Like rarely is always true. The
1: the only always is that the sun comes up every day, right? Or that the moon comes out. Like there's some things that
0: always happen, Yeah. but it's really in life. Well, and even there was a time before our solar system existed. Correct. So even that's not true. true. Good point. And
1: then the last one, because you'll like this. I wrote, this is like, I, I didn't even notice this one. I wrote, drop everything and follow the bird.
0: (laughs) What the hell are we talking about? I
1: think I probably, because I look out a window and I think the bird to me seemed free. Uh Uh-huh. And I had a bunch of, and when I say drop everything, I don't mean literally, I mean mentally. Yeah. So it was like, I think it was my
0: way of saying, be a bird. Drop everything and follow the bird. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Like yeah, follow the lead of the bird. Yeah, okay, um, your turn.
0: I'm gonna go back. Uh, so I have in there. It's a little. Once again, it's a, an image I pulled off of Google, and there's two images next to each other. One is uh, it just says 13.8 billion years old. Right. That's how long. That's when the scientists say the Big Bang happened. Right. And then the picture next to that is a picture of the earth that we've all seen as taken from the moon in 1969 or whenever that was that we landed on the moon. And it's just, it's a reminder that, let's see, what am I worried about today? Oh, so we got some plumbing issues today. And I got to call a plumber and um, our sump pump may not be connected to the battery, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's a pain. uh, It's a pain. (laughs) <laughs> the universe is 13.8 billion years old. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, God forbid, even if our basement floods, we'll still even live. that is going to be yeah, okay. it'll be fine. So it's just a reminder, I guess said in other ways, don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. And isn't there a book out there, don't sweat the small stuff, because it's all small stuff?
1: Yeah, it's Richard. Sure. uh No, Richard. No, Richard. I want to say, I'm thinking of his wife. Richard Kimball? <laughs> no, that's the fugitive Richard, sweetie.
0: Richard Simmons.
1: No, that's the exercise guy. Richard Gere. That is the actor,
0: Richard Richie Rich.
1: He's a cartoon. Yeah, Richard Roper, writer.
0: Richard Roper, Richard, writer. Richard Roper, writer. <laughs> Richard,
1: Roper. Uh, Richard, uh, Richard, I don't know any other Richards, but his name is Richard <laughs> Carlson. Wow. I got it.
0: Yeah, that was funny. His name's
1: Richard Carlson, and his wife also wrote some books, and he died really early, that yeah. guy. Again, another sad—I feel like I was just talking about this. There was an—oh, we were talking about Covey a couple of weeks ago mm. and how he died early. And Richard Carlson was, like, in his 50s. Yeah. He was, like, young, and they had young children, but he wrote Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And it was similar to Chicken Soup for the Soul, where mm-hmm. then it became all these books. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, yes. Yeah, so Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, right? All right, your turn. Okay. I'm gonna give you all the ones that will make you go, what? Okay. Because I know I know what I mean.
0: Yeah, give give me the confusing ones. Okay. That way we can talk about it.
1: One day I wrote down, I trust them because it's theirs.
0: Who are them?
1: Everybody in my life that I love, sometimes I try to work through their stuff in my body oh. because I feel like I need to figure it out so that
0: will help them. So can you read it to me one more time? I I trust them because it's theirs. So let's just say our middle daughter, Cameron, is having a bad day at college today. Yeah. Your invitation to yourself is, I trust her because Because it's hers. hers.
1: That's the thing is because parents, you know, one thing that I'll say to you, because I say this to myself all the time, is sometimes when we're struggling with something our kid is going through, we have part of the information. We may have the pain that they're sharing. We may have the logistical information or the data from an email or, or something, but we don't have the whole picture because it's not ours. Mm -hmm. We don't know their daily experience. We don't know their friend support. We don't know their ability in their mind to be, to get through it and to process it. We can't. And so to believe that we can run it through our body, figure it out and then give our kids an answer Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. And that's true with our spouse, our parents like we don't have all the information and we have to trust other people to do their work because it's theirs yeah that's i there's no like i over the course of my lifetime have made myself um, i i don't feel like i've done this for decades but i've made myself sick trying to work other people's crap through my body boom right like Headaches, pain, like fainting, um, you know, mental health issues. Like, I've been trying to work through everybody else's stuff. And when you trust. And again, it doesn't mean you don't show up in support. I think that's the thing is I sometimes... You think it's one or the other. It's not binary. It's not you either show up or you don't. It's you trust them because it's theirs. And then you show up in a more outside, like an outside of it way. And I really think that I know my clients appreciate it. I know my students appreciate it. I think you do too. And my kids appreciate it when I trust them. When I say, well, I know you have what it takes. I know what's you'll weird about okay. that
0: is it's possible that let's just we're using this, this example of our daughter mm-hmm. where she's having a really bad day to say that you trust her while she's in the midst of whatever, like 18 year old crisis that's going on that may be, it may not land that well. Right. Like, Oh, I trust you. You got this. Like, no mom, you're not helping me.
1: It's all about tone because it's not about, I trust you. You got this, a spiritual bypassing of like, it's your problem. That's the other extreme, right? I'm not going to help my kids with any of this. It's theirs. That's like the, that's the other version. Extreme. It is, I know this is hard right now. I am going to help you in any way I can. What kind of supports do you need? And what I know about you is you have, and and I'm saying this from a psychological way, you have the ability to get through this. And I know that they are hardwired for challenge. Mm -hmm. They are literally hardwired to do hard things. These quotes about we can do hard things and we're, you know, we're neurobiologically hardwired for connection and stuff. This is all true. We literally can do hard things. Yeah. It's not a decision. It's like we have the ability. So trusting that people can do that, but knowing that part of the ability for people to do that necessitates support from others. Mm -hmm. But support is different than doing it in your own body. That's the that's these are all. I don't know how well this will land, but these are all the things I've had to learn. Okay. Do you want to do one more? Um, Sure. Do you want me to go? Um, How about this one? And I won't swear because I know we we try to keep our. Non, um, what's it called?
0: Uh, we try
1: to keep the rating at, yeah. at like, you know, G or whatever. Yeah. But one day I just wrote, everything is an effing miracle for real.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Some days I just have those experiences where I'm like, this is all crazy.
0: So uh, when you say that to yourself, is it when you are inspired or appreciating something beautiful, or is it even when bad things are happening?
1: All of the above. I mean, I like to read that one when I realize when I am stuck on, you know, our plumbing isn't working or, you know, my kid's having a bad day or I didn't get something I wanted. It's like, hold on. It's a little like your billion years thing. Yeah. It's like, wait a second. This whole thing is an effing miracle. We were at my aunt's house um, yesterday in Galena, or a couple days ago, and she has this spider in front of her house that is, it's like a big spider, and and Galena has all sorts of critters and creatures, so you got to enjoy them. And it's so beautiful, and on its back, it has this design that looks like someone drew it Mm -hmm. on this spider's back. It's perfect. Yeah. And that's a spider. (laughs) Right, and and there there's this ability for us to recognize that everything is effing amazing. Well, I got one for you. Okay, let's hear it.
0: This one, this you you came up with this, and this is like the beginner's mind stuff. Okay, because you we just started gardening sort of a few years ago. <laughs> We're trying, and you put down some tomato seeds. Yes, and you watered it. Yeah, and we put it under in the dirt, and the sun hit it, and then all of a sudden. It grew and we could eat tomatoes. We ate tomatoes. Like that's the craziest thing ever. Like a tomato literally just showed up. I'd be like, girls, this tomato (laughs) is from our backyard. They're like, we are aware. Yeah. And it's like, of course, like we drive by corn all (laughs) the time. Like there's nothing big about this. in the middle of corn. There's nothing special about this. Yet it's amazing. Sun and water and oxygen and nutrients from the dirt or whatever takes something in a seed and makes it something we can eat that nourishes us, that gives us energy.
1: Todd, JC, Cameron and Skyler grew in my body.
0: Yeah. That's nuts.
1: I'm sorry. That's, that's we sometimes Todd and I have to have these like deep out of body conversations (laughs) where I'm like that human
0: used to be grew in my
1: body because of you and I, Yeah, like you and I made a decision.
0: Sweetie. It wasn't easy, (laughs) but somehow I managed. You helped. Yeah.
1: Um, And we, and these people came out of my body and now they're like grown people. Like what's going on? Yeah. Like you have to have moments like that. So
0: one more. I remember one of my buddies, Jim, I'll say his last name, Gatone. He's got nine or 10 siblings. Yes. And they all had babies. And his dad, who I think has since passed away, I'm pretty sure he has. Yeah. um, Jim was telling me how many grandchildren he has because he had nine or 10 of his own kids. Yeah. He's got like 30 some odd grandchildren. Like- I just can't imagine what that's like to be an elderly man and know that somehow he helped create these people, 30 people. Right. It's so crazy.
1: It's nuts. And this is what I mean, our brain will not go there naturally. Yeah. This is why mindfulness as a practice is not just about like doing yoga, even though I love yoga. I want to I just I, I want to talk about that later. I want to talk about how much I loved yoga today versus the like Really, that might be another class. podcast. I know it's just today. I came out of yoga, i was so happy, and I'm like, my body likes this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like the other stuff. Anyway, that self awareness stuff. Okay. Um, anyway,
0: do you want me to go to my? Oh,
1: oh yes. You All don't right, want me so to go on to a tangent.
0: Upper right hand <laughs> corner of my vision board okay. has a picture of. There's a tug of war. It looks like it's on a beach. It's like it's a cartoon. Once again. And there's a bunch of people on the other end of the rope that are pulling. And then here, I'll show it to you. Just Okay, so you can. let me see. Do you see it? Yeah, let go. He's just letting go. Uh, or I'm going to say it's a man's hands. And then below that, I said, the, the strongest position you can be in is complete surrender, Yeah. which is the opposite that I've been taught my entire life. Correct. And then there's like a picture of a, a silhouette of like a Buddhist monk just praying with the sunset behind it. And then the last thing says, let go of my stuff. So like that's like surrender corner, I guess, on my vision. And I think it is really helpful, like just that idea, the strongest position you can be in is complete surrender. So think about that when we're frustrated at our kids or frustrated at our boss. And surrender doesn't mean inaction. No. But if, if we could surrender first and then take whatever action and then detach from the outcome... I think my world would be a lot less complicated but what happens usually is there is no surrender I'm I'm swimming against the current of life and I'm trying to force my will my way of things happening when in fact we live in a world that has its own agenda and its own ways and patterns of being and I spend a lot of my time in other people's business, in mm-hmm. your business, in my kids' business, in the government's business, mm. in the weather's business. We're going to Vegas tomorrow. I know. And I was frustrated because <laughs> it was going to be cold. Because I looked it up and it's gonna be thirty-three at night. I'm like, Vegas in October. No,
1: what you said to me, you said the most confusing thing to
0: me. It wasn't you confusing said, at all. You
1: said, Kevin, it's gonna be fifty-eight, which is like thirty-three.
0: No, it's I was not like, what, what does that mean? I said during the day it's gonna be fifty-eight, but the oh. low is thirty-three. And I just couldn't believe that because Vegas is a desert. The moral of the story, it gets cold <laughs> in the desert, is I was looking up Las Vegas, New Mexico. Yes. And not Las Vegas. Errors. Then, so I found myself getting like frustrated because I wanna to go to the pool. And you can't go to the pool if it's 58 degrees. It's going to be in the 70s. So it's going to be fine. But I spend a lot of my time and I'll just say, God's business. God kind mm-hmm. of decides what the weather, Mother Nature, universe, whatever mm-hmm. word you want to use. And if I could just surrender to it... Um, I think my life would be a lot less complicated.
1: Yeah, I wish we kind of had, you know, I always like to make up other words in my mind. I don't always show them but or share them, but like surrender is just a perspective shift to no. me because surrender is me questioning whether or not I'm right. And if I can like if something's going on, um, I'll just sense this as a parenting podcast, you know, with my kids. I may have a train of thinking where I'm like, and if this doesn't happen, then this will happen, and then they won't have this, and then their life will be nothing. <laughs> and there's this whole path of thinking where if I just surrender and be like, I don't know anything, yeah. then I can just show up for what is. And what naturally happens is things evolve and change, and we never knew anyway. Yeah. So there's a lot of belief. This is kind of going back to the empty cup. There's this belief that we think we know what's going to happen or that... If we do A, B, or C, then our kid will be successful or safe. And none of it's
0: true. Mm -hmm. Meaning, sure, could it have been true for you? You, Sure. Could it possibly be true? Yeah, you can increase likelihoods of a lot of... I've I've often said that we don't have any control over our kids, but we have a lot of influence. Sure, Which is why we do this podcast. Like, let's be the best version of ourselves so we can model the behavior, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't mean our kid may... Never has a
1: challenge. Yeah, Yeah. of
0: course they do. Of course. Even in... in, You know, I have some some friends who are single parents. And I just, my heart goes out to all the single parents because you and I are lucky enough to be happily married with uh, healthy children. And it's still really hard. I had a dream last night that we had another baby. Oh, okay. And I
1: remember very vividly, it was a boy and I was very nervous because you kept putting it on top of the dresser. Oh,
0: that's where he goes.
1: And I kept trying, I was trying to sew a like one of those things to keep the baby in like what's that called like not a block but you know where I would put it to make sure the baby didn't roll out okay and then all of a sudden I'd realize I was doing dishes in the kitchen and I hadn't finished like I would be pulled away from it and I'd be like the baby's gonna roll off the table it's
0: very traditional you got you're sewing stuff and you're doing (laughs) dishes yikes
1: and having more children none of these things am I hunting buffalo in this dream oh no it was honestly like I haven't gone through it. I like to figure out my dreams later, but that one I'm just remembering because, um, anyway. That's good stuff. Okay. Your turn. So um, here's one that I I just, I'm finding it in the, like I'm just basically like looking through all the pictures I took in my room. This one says, you can full-bodied take up space without fear of loss. What are you talking about? Okay. So I think, this is old, like I can just tell because the ink is like, it's you know it's like faded faded i think what i was worried about is if i show up and i am fully myself that i would somehow be um not as loved um i think that's a woman thing i i don't want to be too gender specific cuz i'm sure men feel this way too um but i think i felt like if i was too vocal or if i was too um open about things that if I was fully myself, then I would lose Mm -hmm. something that I would maybe not, I I don't know, I'm curious, I wish I put dates on these, because if I could trace back when I wrote it, it might give me it maybe it was like my first book was coming out.
0: Well, I don't know what you were thinking, but for me, um, I think it's a very universal idea like, if we show up as ourselves, there's a story inside of our head that nobody will love us. So instead we got to mold ourselves to fit in with our caregivers, the world, our job, society, our peers. Um, and that's, what's great about vulnerability and openness and honesty and all that. And Uh, there's times when I practice that quite well and there's other times I'm pretending to be somebody I'm not to fit in.
1: Well, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes part of the reason some people show up not as themselves is they feel more protected because if they get rejected, then it really wasn't them there's a, a false self that's being rejected. And so they're like, well, that really wasn't me anyway. Mm-hmm. And if we come out really as we are, and this is in every aspect of our lives, our our personality, our, you know, who we believe ourselves to be, sexuality, gender, um, you know, the way we dress, the way we look, the way we are, if we are rejected in that vulnerable state it hurts more oh, yeah. and it's very childhood based you know as a kid we are being our full selves and again it depends on your age it, some of us held on to that for longer than others um but the rejections are harsh because it's you. Yeah.
0: This is really who you are. This is really what you, you think. You are exposing your Heart. self. Yeah. Now what's interesting is that there's a cost because, so like, well, it's easier if I just pretend and I get rejected, I know that I'm safe because that's not It wasn't not me. you, right. The problem with that is there's a cost to that as well. Correct. Nobody really knows nobody you. Nobody knows you.
1: Yeah, like it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes we pretend to show up in a certain way if we're like trying to find a partner or we're trying to find a roommate or we're trying to find, you know, someone that that we can like, you know, enjoy in our work life or whatever it may be. But if we're showing up false, then we are going to get a false person that mm. doesn't really fit us. Mm. And so the only way to really have like reciprocity in a relationship, whatever type of relationship it may be, is to show up fully as yourself. I believe this very much so even in the parenting world, is that I have always advocated for be who you are with your kids. And I don't mean dump all your emotions on them and like treat them like friends when they're little. Um, I mean, be yourself, tell them the things you like, like listen to the kind of music you like, share with them the books you like. Now they may not like it, but you're demonstrating who you are. Because I think the a really difficult thing is, is when our kids get older and they're like, they don't know us. Mm-hmm. They're like, they don't know who we are, and they and and what we lose in that process is then they can't appreciate. Like for example, if my girls were like at a party at college and a Doors song came on or a Smashing Pumpkins song came on, I guarantee you they'll think of their dad. Yeah, and that sounds kind like of a, a good party by the way. <laughs> that's kind of a cool connection, right? They yeah. they they would be like, Oh, my dad loves this. They know their dad. Or if they were playing pickleball, they'd be like, My dad loves this, you yeah. know. And I know there's a million things with me too that they'd be like, my mom loves this, my mom you know, and they do that. They send me things like this made me think of you because I've shared with them who I am. They don't necessarily love everything I love. They just know me. Yeah. So the goal is not to impose it on
0: them. Well I think that's really good um for lack of a better term advice is I think we've feel i'm gonna i'll use i statements there's times when i feel like i need to be in dad mode right and i just need to show my kids the version that's going to most likely help them be successful in life but that is at the expense of my real version of myself right as so we we identify All with self. this role yeah. so much yeah. that uh you know like my, my kids are old enough where they can handle like I don't know. I was talking to my oldest on the FaceTime. On the FaceTime? On the FaceTime. (laughs) And uh, I shared something with her of something that didn't go well. I forget what it was. I think it was about work Uh or something. When When you fell down
1: when you were dressed up as Kiss?
0: (laughs) Or it was, um, I think, a dream I had about Mm -hmm. my mom, which was Mm. not a comfortable one.
1: You told me about that.
0: And I wouldn't have shared that with my seven-year-old, but my kids are twenty, eighteen, and 16, for goodness sakes. Yeah. And you know, I I I want to show them a messier side of me. I, I try to present myself in this really um, put together way, and I don't necessarily think that that's a good thing. <laughs>
1: Sorry. I'm sorry that I was interrupting you when you were in okay. the middle of a thought. Um, what The reason I wanted to interrupt is you and I had this discussion in the car the other day. And you often, when we're having these conversations, you often say, I want to show myself in this way. I want to show up this way. And I always say to you, just be yourself because you, you're you still in teaching mode if your mentality is, I want to show my kids this. Just be yourself. And again, for you, this is just words. Yeah. I totally know that, Todd. And and you know, this is not a criticism of you, but I think here's the thing, it gets I'm, too teachy I if you're trying to show yourself.
0: I totally agree with you. The problem is I've been in this mode for so long. Yeah. To unwind that, to undo that and show up as my vulnerable flawed self is really different for me. So sometimes I have to like go to the, okay, right now I'm going to share something vulnerable with my kids about a dream I had. I have to like intentionally decide that because if you're like, just, just share that without having that first thought and I'm not wired. I'm not that I'm not wired, but it requires intention for me to show the messier side of myself. And I think your invitation is like, just be messy. And my and my response is, I need to decide to be messy before I can be messy.
1: You're right. And it is a process. Like, I, I think this has come up before because you have been talking about, I'm going to tell the girls that I cried yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that I mean, not that you can't do that. It just feels so teachy and
0: preachy. I think it's, your invitation is just cry in front of them.
1: Yeah. Or, yeah, but and, it's and not... The, I, no, I'm not. Because I know that's not easy okay. and that's a setup. I'm not saying but i'm saying sometimes when you i i think you know what both of us are, are like we're saying the same thing here. It's just that I think it's less about do this and more about sometimes when you do share something and it doesn't land the way you want it to, I I'm just trying to let you know why, which is because it's authentic. Because you're still showing up in a teaching mode of girls, guess what? I have something to share. I cried yesterday. It's better than never sharing right. your emotions. Yeah. It's a step, but it also feels a little like, thanks, dad. Yeah. Like we that's great. And but sometimes it, to your point, That's what you need to do right now because that's your step toward a more authentic version. Yeah. You know?
0: Um, Let's both do one more.
1: Okay. Um, Let's see. I wrote, I'm going to go to a different page and see if I could find something from my. Do you have one already?
0: Um, I do have one. I'm trying to. Oh,
1: I have one. This is an old one. This is from my office. This is really old. It's really, um, come, this was someone else's quote, and I don't know whose it is, but I cut it out. Probably mine. (laughs) Come sit down beside me, I said to myself. And although it doesn't make sense, I held my old my own hand as a sign of trust. And together we sat on the fence. Mm. I think that was all about me just taking care Of of myself and that remembering, like if, if, there's this whole big like poster in my meditation area of having to go back and remind my younger girl that she's not alone yeah and so i do a lot of you know those quotes that are like i'm gonna hold my own hand that's a really good mental practice for me it's kind
0: of like inner child work
1: it definitely because
0: to the logical and practical person that i sometimes identify as like oh hold your own hand. That's stupid. Like, no, there's a, there's a younger one living inside of me still Correct. who still needs to be accepted, loved, appreciated. And I, that's what I thought of when I, when I heard you share your piece.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, um, just so many different versions of it, you know? Um, and then the, the last one I'll share, because it's about this work that you and I do, um, is this is really old. I think this is so old that it's like a Wayne Dyer quote. Your vocation in life comes from where your greatest joy meets the world's greatest need. Mm -hmm. And I think I put that in, and obviously it's in my office. So it's on an old board that I used to have. It's very hard for me to get rid of my old boards. Like I used to make vision boards all the time throughout my life. And it's hard to throw them away because they all have, they're they're a part of your life. But I, I think when you and I were deciding what to do, like in our early 30s, um, you know, those decisions, and sometimes those are privileged decisions. I understand that sometimes we have to just do a job, and then the vocation that I'm talking about becomes more of our, yeah. like the things we do in our free time. Um, but to figure out where your greatest joy meets the world's greatest need, um, and to me, I believe the world's greatest need is the ability to connect, understand our emotions recognize our mental wellness or lack of mm-hmm. and to you know i get reminded every day you know of i had a student yesterday who told me her niece tried to take her own life um you know we all the time unfortunately hear of people who have attempted or or have been successful um with those issues with their own mental health um and we realize that without our mental health, without our sense of connection, without having a purpose, um, even if it, it be to just do this Earth Walk and enjoy, you know, follow the bird, um, that we don't sometimes want to stick around, yeah. and that is we—that's a need mm-hmm. we have—is to take care of each other and to take care of ourselves. Mm. Um, so that's why—that's what, what I've always wanted to focus on
0: um i have a few things uh one is is i had no idea we're going to talk about this today but yesterday just so happened i put something up yesterday on my vision board. oh great i've had like six mission statements in my life and i always forget about them and they're always too long and i texted this to a friend because we were having an exchange or i think maybe i said it on marco polo but i said i just want to do impactful things with people i love and I'm like, yeah, that'd be a good mission statement. Yeah. Now it's not perfect. Cause I don't like the word things in it Do impactful things. Like what are things, but you're
1: keeping it general.
0: It's, it's a foundation for, cause I like mission statements that you could just like say real quick, mm-hmm. It's easy to memorize versus, you know, all the other things that go into the development of like a corporate mission statement. Like who are you? Where do you want to go? How are you going to get there? All that blah, blah, blah doing impactful things with people I love. The other thing I want to mention about this vision board is I have two different pictures of myself on here. One is as an infant and I Mm -hmm. can barely hold myself up. I think my mom or dad has pillows behind me, but I'm like brand new, like six months. Mm -hmm. And then another one I have of me is uh, me, I'm probably six or seven years old. I got kind of like a scab on my head, probably Mm -hmm. because I've been Playing. playing outside or maybe it's dirt. But I remember my friend Tony, we went to Palm Springs together with some men living guys and they said, bring a picture of you when you were a kid. And we all brought a picture and the invitation was just to share about who that young person was. And I remember I started crying. Now I did have a few cocktails in my system, which tends to reduce my inhibitions, mm-hmm. but I just felt really connected to this, this version of myself that I had like photographic evidence of. And I, oh I, I look at it almost every single day. It's like right next to where I sit in my office. So Um, because, you know, when we're that young, we're all innocent.
1: Well, and it's, you know, the word innocent is a big one, but we're all just being ourselves. That's it. Like, I, like you have pictures of myself as a kid in my office, in my meditation area, in my bedroom. Um, and why do I have pictures of myself as a kid? Because she knew what was going on. She knew herself. Yeah. And I, when I feel resonance or when I feel like something fits me, I look at her and she agrees, you know what I mean? Like she knew what she liked. Um, you know, one of the activities that I always have my college students do is they have to write about what they loved when they were around that age that you're talking about, Todd, of that picture. Yeah. And if you don't remember, look at a picture of yourself. What did it that helps. person love? Yeah. And and it doesn't, it it just gives you a better understanding of, of remembering yourself mm-hmm. because culture and society and people who, often have very good intentions, do a number on us where we forget. And we forget over and over again. So we have to remind ourselves, like you for my birthday, you gave me um, a shirt. So when I was little, I I used to, no different than now, I used to love shirts that said things like it would have, you know, like I had a sweater that said, I like you. And I had, you know, I just had things like that. And I had a shirt that said, Kathy, and I Loved it. Like it was so important to me. So I have a picture of me wearing that shirt from when I was little and Todd got me another one for adulthood that says Kathy. Mm-hmm. And I was so moved by that because I love that shirt.
0: My gift giving talent is a lot to be desired, but um that was a slowly good slowly getting better. What else I got you something else good for your birthday? You gave me a bunch of meaningful things this year. It was the Kathy shirt and God, there was something else that was good. Couldn't have been that good because I don't remember. Oh. All right, Uh, in closing, I want to remind anybody who likes this podcast to join The Circle. It's the Zen, it's the Team Zen membership platform. It's an app on your phone with Zen Parenting Radio's complete parenting content collection, plus live talks all in one place, 25 bucks, cancel at any time.
1: Yeah. Basically, if you just feel like you just want to be part of a virtual community where you get a lot of good stuff and it's all in one place and it's not complicated and we're not going to make you do anything and you can just be you. um, I just love our app. Um, I just think it's the best thing in the world. Get
0: some more personal time with, with the two of us and a bunch of 100 or so other awesome... Zen parenting parents.
1: And all the opportunities. We have so many speakers coming up that you can just come, you know, ask them questions, listen to them. Just, you know, it comes to you in a podcast form. So even if you miss it, you can listen to it. And then, you know, all these micro communities. I have a women's circle.
0: It's just really fun. So if you're interested, uh, just go to our website. Uh, There's stuff for Team Zen all over the place. In the meantime, I want to thank Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald headed beauty. He does... Painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. The phone number is 630 956 1800. Uh, We'll catch you all next week on Zen Parenting Radio. Keep trucking.
1: Hey, everybody. We're thrilled to announce that the Zen Parenting Conference is back live and in person in 2024.
0: This year, our exclusive event will be centered around teens. Why? Because 30 years ago, the greatest threats to teen health were drunk driving, pregnancy, and illicit drugs. Today, It's currently anxiety, depression, suicide, self-harm, cyberbullying, and serious mental health disorders. Their experience is vastly different than our own. So let's get
1: together and talk about it. We owe it to them to listen, to have honest conversations,
0: and to live our way through it together. If you're currently parenting a teenager or have an emerging teen, this is an event you absolutely won't want to miss. We have limited seating this year, so secure your spot now. Go to zenparentingradio.com. If
1: you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen Circle, our very own app that includes our virtual community, exclusive content, and support from us.
0: You could also purchase Kathy's award-winning book, Zen Parenting, Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World, or subscribe to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com resources. And if you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we'll talk to you again next week.